Good morning. Today, as you've probably noticed, we are celebrating Youth Sunday. And we've chosen to do it today because, in case you didn't notice, we are in the midst of that great season that comes around every year, the season of graduation. There are students here at All Saints this morning who are about to graduate from high school. There may be some folks out there who've finished up different stages in their education and classes, maybe a few folks who have finished college. There are also our young choristers who we just saw this morning graduating into another year of singing and helping to lead us in worship. Graduation season, of course, is always an exciting time, exciting time that reminds us of successfully completing the hard work that's been set before us and moving us up to the next level of learning and of skills. And to all the graduates this morning, we will be saying congratulations. Now, I don't know about you, but I've certainly found that really, if we as adults are living our life the correct way, we really never stop going through seasons of graduation and advancement. Sure, these young adults and youth at the church this morning will never forget their big first graduation that's coming. They will always look back one way or another on this first phase of education and on the receiving of these first important medals and diplomas. But this, of course, as we all know, is just the beginning. Once they've moved on to the next phase of education and learning, they will receive more diplomas, more certificates and honors from college, from trade schools, from universities, and maybe from graduate schools, all so that they can continue to advance in jobs that will become lifelong careers, building up their skills in the arts or in mechanics and engineering or in writing or in technology. Yes, you eventually move out of receiving certificates of completion and awards of merit, but you should never stop graduating and moving upward in everything that you take on and everything that you do in your life. Now, in these times of graduation and advancement, most of us have our mindset almost exclusively in the physical and mental world of work and education. But what I would like to try my best to convince you of this morning is that this struggle to advance and excel and keep moving upwards is also a very important part of the spiritual life of Christian faith and religion. And please believe me when I tell you that advancement in faith is actually the utmost piece of importance in the things that we do. For not only does it have potential to open up your mind to God in ways you never imagined, but it also can transform your life completely. Spiritual advancement can, in fact, impact every other thing that you do, every step you take, from how you feel when you first wake up in the morning, to how you make decisions about the schedule of the day ahead of you, to how you choose what you want to do tomorrow, and how you end your day before you go to bed at night. And of course, it absolutely impacts the much bigger life-altering decisions that each one of us have to make as we move through our years on earth. Yes, graduating from high school and college, trade school, the military will impact your career in the physical world. But graduating from a simple Sunday to Sunday churchgoer to a day to day, hour by hour disciple of Jesus Christ, I believe will impact your heart 
and your deep inner being, changing the very way you see everything set before you in this world. So the question on a day like today may be, okay, how do we do it? How does one in the 21st century advance and graduate through the levels of spiritual life? Is there an app for that? We have schools and programs for everything else we want to accomplish. Isn't the church, which is only open right on Sundays, the really in charge of your spiritual life? And isn't religious training mainly set out for those who like to wear fancy collars, priests and deacons, maybe holy, saintly people? Well, those of you who know me, I know, are already figuring out how I'm going to answer this question. First, the church, whether you believe it or not, is always open, even when the doors on the building are locked. All you need to do is let us know what you feel God is setting before you to make you stronger and to help you advance in your faith, and we will go out of our way, I promise you, to provide that for you. And second, when it comes to special holy people, I hate to tell you, but in Christianity, that always includes all of us as the saints of God, both me and you. As the Bible says in the first letter of St. Peter, chapter 2, verse 5 and verse 9, like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So that means that in order to fulfill all of this, each and every one of us, needs to be moving up continually from one level of faith to the next, climbing that ladder and graduating always as we move further and further upwards, closer and closer to our God. And this is all for the sole purpose of not only becoming that royal priesthood, but also that each of us can finally become what we are as our true self, which is nothing less than the sons and daughters of God, which we were created to be when God made us in the beginning. As we've been reading in the chapters and verses of the Acts of the Apostles, that great book in the New Testament this Easter season, the disciples of Jesus, his chosen apostles, have actually been continuing to do all of that as well, growing, learning, and advancing in a newfound faith, all while laying out the foundation and building up a new body, which is the church. That's what we've actually been witnessing from Jesus' first appearances and post-resurrection directives he's given to his disciples, to that story a few weeks ago of Saul of Tarsus being converted on his way to Damascus into the way of Jesus, to the raising of Dorcas from the dead just this last Sunday. And this morning, it is another great spiritual graduation that is happening in front of our eyes if we open them to see in the story of Peter's vision of a great sheet descending from heaven, containing within it all manner of animals, many of which were declared by the law of Moses in the Hebrew Bible as unclean, not to be touched nor consumed as food for the Jewish people. 
Now, if you remember, Simon Peter is already quite high up there, advanced in his discipleship for Jesus. Peter lived with Jesus during the Lord's life. Peter was there when Jesus was taken away to the cross at Gethsemane. And Peter was one of the first disciples which the New Testament tells us arrives to see that empty tomb. And Peter has already witnessed the Lord multiple times since the first Easter morning. In fact, it was Peter, if you remember last week, who put his clothes back on in the boat and jumped off into the water and the Sea of Galilee and swam ashore just to be close to the Lord. And it's that the words of Peter that are able to raise Tabitha from the dead. But it's obvious today, if you're paying attention, that that great apostle Peter, knowing all of these things, experiencing Jesus in so many ways, still has learning he needs to do. For the vision in Acts 11 this morning is telling Peter for the very first time to do something he would have never done in the past. It's telling him to kill and eat whatever it is that God sets before him. And in an instant, revealing a full erasing of those ancient kosher laws that had been in place in the Jewish faith for thousands of years. And truthfully, it is doing far more important and meaningful things than simply expanding the apostles' food choices. For when Peter hears these specific words in the Acts of the Apostles this morning, what God has made clean, you must not call profane. It is spiritually and physically extending far beyond animals to everything that God has created, including human beings who the followers of the law of the Torah had always viewed to that very moment as equally unclean and unchosen by God as God's people. For we're not told, friends, that Peter receives this vision and immediately sets about frying up some bacon for the first time for breakfast. No, Peter gets up and goes immediately after this vision to the town of Caesarea, a community so full of Romans and Gentiles that it's named after the Roman ruler. And there Peter enters into a man's home, a man who the Bible tells us is not a Jew but a Gentile, where after Peter speaks the words of Jesus, everyone present witnessing God's Holy Spirit descending not just on them, but on that man's entire home, everything and everyone who's within it. Now in just a few weeks, we will celebrate again a similar story, the story of the Feast of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit descends with those wonderful tongues of fire on the upper room and upon the disciples of Jesus, causing them to speak in languages that are understood by all Jewish ethnicities in Jerusalem in that particular moment. Peter is telling us in the Acts of the Apostles this morning that this is exactly what is already reoccurring in front of him and everyone gathered. Only this time, it is happening in a room full of the unclean, non-Jewish Gentiles. That great action in a moment is tearing down dividing walls that have set apart God's people in Israel from the people of the entire world. Peter this morning has, through God's great vision, wholly graduated to a new level of faith. And by doing so, he is advancing the new church of Jesus Christ to go out and do what God commanded them to do at the moment of the ascension and feed the entire world. 
As you probably know, the Apostle Paul will be the one who will pick up this great mantle provided by St. Peter, proclaiming in Paul's letter to the Galatians that there is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male or female, for all are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Brothers and sisters, we've heard this story before, but we cannot ever forget that for these good Jewish men and women raised in their faith and in the laws of the Torah, this action of opening up the Christian way to non-Jewish Gentiles is a radical move and incredibly difficult for them to accept. It is not at all what they were expecting. For these are the same disciples who were not so long ago convinced that Jesus was a new messianic king, that he was going to raise up an army and he was going to run out the Gentile invaders and reestablish the kingship of Israel. It is one more great moment, one more great graduation after the cross where Jesus is requiring his disciples to constantly advance, to advance in their faith and expand their hearts and minds to open their emerging faith to a new and radical direction in the saving love of God in Jesus Christ. That's what true faith is meant to be. Now, I would say that all of the graduates who are with us at All Saints this morning probably have a good indication when they walked through the doors this morning of exactly where they want to go when they get to their colleges and universities or to their new jobs. I know I certainly was quite convinced of that myself when I graduated from high school way back in the year of our Lord, 1992. I was accepted at that time into the University of Kentucky. And when I got my letter of acceptance and started enrolling in my first classes, I immediately declared myself as a major in the field of forestry. That's right, forestry. Well, as I continued through college over the next four, maybe five years, continued to grow and to learn, I finally succeeded in reaching my own college graduation and getting my first bachelor's degree. But it was not from the first school I was accepted in, nor was it in the degree of forestry. It was from a small little Methodist college, a long way in so many ways from the University of Kentucky. And it was a dual degree in something that I continue to love and follow this day. English literature and religion. Sounds a little more like me, right? I guess that's just how life and learning is meant to go. That is, if you keep your heart and your mind always open and you listen for God's direction to find a true vocation. And a true vocation isn't just about success and money. It's about finding that which God is leading you to, sometimes in ways you don't expect or intend to follow. Brothers and sisters, each of us have a vocation as well. And to advance in it, we have to keep learning and listening and dedicating ourselves fully and completely to our faith, the deeper meaning of life, graduating daily into a deeper, more meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ. 
If you will continue to do that and to move deeper into your faith, I promise you that you will find your life transformed and resurrected and your soul, your inner being slowly becoming the wheel of your life, directing your outer being, beginning one by one to remove the cancer of fear and panic and stress and anger that is so dividing the world we live in right now. No, you may not get a diploma out of this, but it will give you something more important. Hope, peace, assurance. And Lord, don't we all desperately need that right now? It also, I believe, can give you that which is revealed to us this morning as well in that wonderful book of the Revelation of John. That when we arrive at that final moment, which all of us will be approaching, and we begin to finally cross over through our death and into the true spiritual world of the next life, we will find that through our prayer and our study and our advancement in our faith, that our new graduation, our final graduation, will bring us into that new Jerusalem. Whereas John the Revelator writes, death will be no more, mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. What can be more important than going after that great advancement in our life? Congratulations to our graduates. And may each one of them inspire all of us to make this a holy new season of graduation and growth for ourselves in our faith and life in Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God.